Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes Podcast. Thanks for joining us wherever you're at, whether you're on a commute, working out, running, whatever it might be. Glad to have you. We got a really fun episode today, and it's kind of a culmination of, um, well, I guess it, you guys are interviewing us. So we've been doing a lot of interviews, and mm-hmm. now we thought like, hey, let's kind of land the plane here on a love letter life, so to speak, and answer a ton of your guys's questions in one episode that are a little bit more, how shall I say, babe, in depth. Yeah. Than, so it's than not- they you, than they ha- than they have been. So like we're gonna totally. kind of really get into some stuff here, answer some questions about things in the book, not necessarily about the book itself. Yes. So and also a little bit about the writing process and the process of publishing a book and what it was like to do that together. Yeah. A lot of you have been interested in that, so we are gonna be doing that as well. Yep. But before we dive into it. Audrey, you've got a announcement. Yes. So we have a huge giveaway that we are really excited to share with Big you guys. Time. And it le- so before I explain it real quick, I know we mentioned in last podcast episode that we're going to be doing a book club for our love of our life with a giveaway attached to it. We decided to make that two separate things. So the book club is coming. We're still working on it a little bit. We just want to make it Tabling really good for you guys. For um, it's coming, but just not right away. But the giveaway is here now, starting today, the day that you're listening to this episode, or I guess not the day, the day that this episode released. So um, here's how you enter. Well, first of all, I'll tell you guys what you win. So the giveaway is, drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> um, a free trip to Oregon to stay at one of our favorite places and have a date night with us. And it's a surprise date night, so I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do yet. And you get the brand new and approved marriage journal. And you get a free marriage journal. So really exciting. Um, Here is how you enter. So to enter the giveaway, you have to grab a copy of A Love of Our Life if you don't already have one and post a picture to social media of the book and say what about the book either inspired you, encouraged you, challenged you, changed your perspective. Um, Write a little something in the caption. Make sure you tag Jeremy and I in the photo and make sure you also use the hashtag, hashtag A Love Letter Life. Yeah. And then that- the giveaway is going to be running until June 30th at midnight. 
So you have a couple weeks to enter and you can also win bonus entries for sharing to your Instagram stories about the book, tagging us and using the hashtag. You have to make sure you tag us and use the hashtag because that's how we track this. Yes. And it has to be between those date ranges. So the day that this podcast released and June 30th at midnight, um, so if you've already shared about the book before, yay, it's a chance to share about the book again. Yeah. Um, and if you have not shared about the book yet, then you have to do it between those days. So really excited to meet a, one of you guys and hang out with you guys and go on a double date to the single people. You can still enter. So this isn't just for yep. people that are dating or engaged. Um, we might fly out like you and your bestie or something like that. Yeah. So um, you can you can third wheel on one of our dates. Exactly. You can <laughs> either third wheel or fly out your besties. So yeah, yeah, we'll fly out one of the besties. We but. are really excited about this giveaway. We're really excited to meet whoever the mystery winner is. Yep. So make sure you join the giveaway. Yep. Enter. And to recap the prize, you get a brand new marriage journal for free. And we're flying you up here to go on a double date with us to one of our favorite spots. Uh, and then you're going to sp- spend the night as well. So. Um, Let's jump into the episode. Jump into the episode. All right, babe. So Q&A on A Love Letter Life. We asked you guys, you, and now we're going to answer the questions. And the, like I mentioned earlier, these are a little bit more in-depth than they have been. So we we hope there's some good stuff here. Yeah. So, and just to, I think we may have mentioned this again, so sorry if it's redundant, but these aren't questions answering like, you know, is this book for me if I'm single? Yes. We've asked, we've answered a lot of those kind yeah. of questions lots of times before on social. So again- Is this book Christian? These questions you know, like- are more for people who have read the book um, and are interested in the book publishing writing process. So- the first question, we there were so many questions submitted to Behind the Scenes Podcast um, and our personal Instagram account. So we tried to weed through and take like the most commonly asked questions. We're going to answer those first. And then there were some fun ones that hopefully yeah. we'll get to if we can get to it at the end of this podcast. doesn't get too long. And we're going to start with the big, broad, why did you guys want to write this book? Yes. And this is probably the most asked question or one of the most asked questions. Um so we've answered this before, but we'll answer it again because yeah. obviously it's something that we love well, to talk it's, about. It's a good way to start this. So, so babe, why'd you want to write this book? Um, we wrote this book to hopefully encourage and relate to and inspire and challenge people wherever they're at in their love stories to be more creative, intentional, and faithful, which is the subtitle of the book. Um, so we just really wanted to give people practical ways to be more creative, intentional, and faithful, whether they are single, dating, engaged, early in their marriage, or years in, and we wanted to just really ignite our generation to pursue a love story that they would want to have read back to them one day, um, and to believe that God wants more for their love story. And so, um, we believe that God writes unimaginably beautiful love stories, and yeah. so we are sharing ours to hopefully inspire you to believe that yours is yeah. the same, or that you can have this. So same. that's like the big why, and I totally second that. And also it's long form content. And I think Mm. so, so many things today is just shorter and shorter and you can't really actually get your thoughts or a good story across on most of today's platforms. Yes. So the idea of long form content really intrigued us. Also, it was a, it it seemed like a really, you know, interesting venture, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me specifically, it just seemed really fun 
like I've done TV for a long time and this just seemed fun and new. And for Audrey, it's been a dream to write a book yeah. her entire life. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot wrapped up into why. Um, also, also oh, sorry. yeah, I was going to say, also, <laughs> I, we just feel like the Lord gave us something to say. And that's yeah. kind of where writing the book, it kind of just came out. And I think in its completion, the Lord's hand is t- was totally in it. Um, mm-hmm. And so when he gives you something to say or asks you to do something, we do our best to listen and do it. And so we feel like we did that with the book. And we also really wanted to try to just be as vulnerable and honest about we could about the hard parts of our story and the mistakes that we've made and the things that we wish we would have known when yeah. we were single dating and early in our marriage and share what we were so grateful that we did know and how that has prepared us for a healthy marriage now and laid like a solid foundation because we been so blessed early on in our dating relationship and in our single life with just amazing wisdom from mentors and community. And we've been so blessed by that. So a lot of times we say this book is just an overflow of that blessing that's been poured yeah. into us. Um, yeah. So anyways, there's so many reasons. Yeah, like, let, we let's, really let's talk go about on. This for a lot, but not all questions are going to be that long. That's just a big one that showed up, keeps showing up. And yeah. so we thought we'd address that. So next question, how long did it take you guys to come up with the title? What's the story behind the title? What other titles did you consider? Okay, so the title, we really actually blocked out a chunk of time. This It's now been, it was about two years ago, almost exactly, yeah. to just like map out the book. And so that's when we came up with the title. And we had some horrible other title oh names. I'll, I looked back Guys, in our Google Doc. it is Doc. so hard. I will read you some of them. An Uncommon Journey. <laughs> Journey to Oneness, also terrible. First Date to I Do, which I think that was the subtitle originally of A Love Letter Life. Like when we did come up with yeah. A Love Letter Life, it was A Love Letter Life, Our Journey but from First Date to I Do. It's not a book. So thankful we got rid of that. Yeah. So, anyways, it, anyways, A Love Letter Life, obviously, letters were a huge part of our story. We knew we wanted that to be a huge part of the book because it's such a reflection of the creativity, intention, and faithfulness that we feel like we want to re inspire our generation with. And originally, actually, the book was, we thought we'd put a lot more of our letters, like, actually in the yeah. book. We decided well, not at, to do that. But for in a the few process reasons, of deciding not to do that, we were reminded on what letters were and yes. how what they represented in a large way represents a good, healthy, quality relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, whoa, letter, life. And it just all kind of started stirring yep. and we were talking with some it folks. It rolled off the tongue. Rolled off the tongue. So anyways. Our book agent loved it. Yeah. So. A love that our life was born. Um, Next question. And we like it. Yeah. Were you ever scared or apprehensive about sharing your love story publicly? How hard was it to write a book that was so vulnerable and really puts it all out in the open? So I think if you've read the book, like you know that most people say that. I think a lot of people that haven't read the book will that like the negative things that we've seen online are like, you know, people over glorifying our love story and making it out to be this like perfect thing when it's very clearly not if you read the book. Um, And we just really wanted to be honest about the hard things that we went through because we feel like our story is actually like much more relatable than maybe some people think it is. And so like Jeremy said before, being able to lay that out in a long form content way where we can really dive into some of the hard things that we'd been through and, um, yeah. through a story. And so, and to answer the question, yes, it ver- was hard very directly. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a little difficult, but I, something we kept like reminding ourselves of is like, you know, it is the vulnerability that people 
we all, myself included and Audrey included, connect with and need. Mm -hmm. We need more real stories, not like fake facades. Mm -hmm. And we say all the time, the world does not need another highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're all, all like social media by and large is marketing and you don't necessarily market, like think of advertisements, like, you know, they make things look the best they can. Mm. And so, yeah, we were just really encouraged by that and thought like, hey, let's do this the right way. That's the only way we'll ever make any impact. So, mm-hmm. so it was hard, yes, but w- there was a mission behind it. And so it made it, made it easy. I know that's kind of a t- both and question, but anyways, what day, or sorry, what did day, next question, what did day one look like of starting the book? So we actually spent um, a day rereading a lot of our old letters, looking through old photos to jot our memories, going back through Facebook tag photos and making a master list of stories. Um, So really it was just like bullet point list of like ape caves bullet point. As Sheldon said, illuminating the past. Train tussle bullet point. Like we just went through and went through like all the stories, tons of them are not in the book, but we just like really listed it out. And then this goes off the next question, which is what made you decide to write the story out of order? This is us style. How did you decide who wrote what stories? So we say this a lot. We've said this a lot in interviews and in the past is we wrote the book kind of this is us. style. And what we mean by that, if you haven't read the book is um, we go back and forth in the timeline of our love story. So it's not chronological. And that's because we wanted the chapters to be topical. So we tried to fit the stories into the topical chapters as best we could, but then sometimes we had to go back in time to tell a story that pertains to the topic we are talking about. So it just and if got that's confusing, really confusing. Yes, it was confusing. It was the hardest part about the entire process was mapping the structure yeah. of the book. And we spent so much time doing that. And it's a very unique structure. Um, so and we hope that it turned it's, out good and very really well. We haven't read or seen another book with like a it. similar structure. And we didn't know, like half authors. the time we were like, are we crazy for doing it this way? Because we also wanted to be able to like talk about a specific topic, but have both the male and female perspective of it, but not tell redundant stories. Yeah. So like Jeremy, for example, like we wanted to talk about the patient pursuit And Jeremy wanted to talk about what it looked like to patiently pursue me. I wanted to talk about what it looked like to be patiently pursued, but then we didn't want to tell the same story. So like Jeremy tells the clearing story, I tell. But the problem is to talk about pursuit, the the topic of pursuit spans different timelines in our story. That's where it got complicated. And so we basically designed a structure in which that was possible to talk about different stories at different points of our relationship that fit into a central theme that fit into an overall arc. Yes. And that became the This Is Us style and this of is, the book. This is some writing advice that we got early on and when we were mapping the book, which is you can't write topics and map topics to stories. You have to take stories and figure out what's the teachable moment in the story. So you start with the yeah. story. And I think that was really good. Like if there's any writers really out there good. listening, like that was really good advice for us. So we started with all these stories and go like, okay, what's the teachable moment in this story? What did we learn from this story? Yeah. Instead of going like, well, we want to teach on this or talk about this or talk about this. And I feel like that really helped us come across as like relatable to the reader. And it kept the book 
moving. And this is also why I think people say, which is one of the best compliments that they read the book in 24 hours or 48 hours, they couldn't put it down. And it's because it's so full of story. Stories are what lead the things that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And this actually jumps straight into a question. I remember, babe, people were asking, um, or they asking a question that kept coming up over and over again. It's in here. Ah, we'll get to it. Okay. Next question is, were you hesitant about writing anything knowing your parents would read it? Uh, you know, kind of, I guess. I think uh, me specifically, I'm in an interesting position because my family's all famous. And so I guess what I say carries a little bit more public weight, if you will. But as far as being just decent human beings, wanting to talk well about people, um, you know, we both shared that. Like, okay, like, you know, we're obviously not going to like be just rude or mm-hmm. or say an, anything unnecessary. And I think there was a lot of like judgment there with like, that's not necessary to say. So I'm not going to say it. You know, like there was some of that. Um, also, uh, yeah, I think it was just a judgment, but I would say in general, no, because we were confident in our story and we wanted this to be our story, not our venting session. Yes, 100%. And we were confident in what in our story and what we needed to say. And again, like I said earlier, the Lord kind of put this on our hearts. And so we just shared out of an abundance of what we felt the Lord wanted was wanting us to say. Mm-hmm. And that didn't conflict really with with any fear of like what our parents or anyone really. I think it was funny when my parents read it, they were just like, I didn't know so much of this. Like I didn't know because they really didn't like, you know, I'm the oldest and they're raising other kids and there's a lot going on in life. And I think your parents kind of never know if the person that you're dating is going to be the person, at least in the beginning, you know? And so like, yeah, they maybe aren't paying attention as much. Totally. Um, But anyways, Okay, best advice, next question, best advice for starting fresh after already having sex before marriage. How do you deal with the guilt and shame? So we talk about this in the book. Um, yeah, and, and there was and quite I a think, few purity questions, but I think this question wraps it all up really well. Yeah, so, you know, I have had lots of friends over the years who have said things to me like I've already messed up and like I don't have a whole heart to give anymore. So like there's, there's no point there's no point in fighting for purity now because I've already like lost it. And we put this Mary Pickford quote in the book that says, you may have a fresh start at any moment you choose for this thing that we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. And we write in the book that when it comes to purity, you can choose a fresh start too. Um, I'll read this other little quote from the book. It says, if, you, if you're reading this and you feel like your purity is lost or ruined, please hear this. God's grace makes the purity battle not about what you did with your body, but about what he did with his. If you repent, forgiveness is yours. Purity is yours. Wholeness is yours. The Bible often refers to God as our redeemer. He redeems our brokenness and makes us pure again. Redemption is an invitation from confinement to freedom, from anxiety to peace, from shame to dignity, from addiction to self-control, from selfishness to servanthood, from depression to joy, from complacency to growth, from disobedience to honor, and from sickness to health. Our Redeemer God wants to make you a new creation to create a pure heart in you and renew a steadfast spirit within you. And in any case you're hearing this for the first time, I need to make one thing clear. There is nothing you or I can do to earn this gift of grace. We simply get to receive it and allow it to transform our lives. Yep. Can't say anything else about Can't that else. in a better way. That's pretty much what I would, I would answer that yeah. question. So, um, That was good, babe. 
this came up a couple times. Jeremy, how did you deal with your parents' divorce while planning to get married? And, you know, to be honest, I remember, of course, it was a big bummer. And I spent a lot of time in the beginning talking with my parents, sharing my thoughts. They would even like ask me questions, like want to talk to me about stuff. And so we, I spent a lot of energy and time in that. Yeah. Um, but I think with all relationships, there comes a time to just let people do what they're going to do and I guess carry their own burdens, if you will. So there came a time where I just like released that and I said, I'm done. You know, you're going to do what you're going to do. And that was very helpful. Um, so after that, I, quite honestly, I didn't really, it didn't bother me at all. I haven't even really thought about it um, outside of being, you know, disappointed or bummed, just mm-hmm. simply like sad about it. Um, you know, it hasn't really crossed my mind too much. Hey friends, taking a quick episode break to tell you about our book, A Love Letter Life, which just recently hit the New York Times bestseller list. We are so excited and wanted to read to you guys a review from one of our readers. We absolutely love reading your reviews on Amazon and on social media. They mean so much to us and our encouragement to other people to hopefully help them get this book in their hands so that it can encourage and give them hope in their own love stories. So Wanted to read you guys this review. It's from Harmony. She says, Hi friends. Okay, I have been raving about this book to anyone and everyone for weeks. I'm sure you've probably seen it in my stories. I truly believe it is a necessity for anyone who wants not just a good marriage, but a sanctified one. It doesn't matter if you're single, dating, engaged, newly married, or in your 50th year of marriage. This will make a difference in your story if you allow it. Honestly, you don't even have to be Christian. Success principles are the same everywhere, including faith and marriage. I just went through it a second time to take notes because it is worth it. I wish so badly that the 16-year-old me had a copy of this. It would have changed everything. But honestly, it was written for such a time as this, and it is still changing my life. I know it sounds dramatic, but I'm just being honest. I can promise you that our sons and daughters will read this one day to prepare them for a successful relationship and marriage and to see us as an example. I was so convicted while reading this and I am challenging myself to live out what I've learned and I hope you do too. Thank you so much for that review. And if you haven't bought your copy of A Love Letter Life yet, you can do it anywhere books are sold, on Amazon, on Audible, at your local bookstore. And we hope that it encourages you wherever you're at in your love story. Favorite chapter to write. So this is different than the favorite chapter, favorite chapter to write. And I would say chapter one, A Patient Pursuit, because it was the beginning and it felt really exciting that we were starting the writing process. And I feel like it just came together and flowed really well. Like the end of that chapter, I was so proud of just the analogy of how the stories fit together with like, remember the analogy of like the lantern, much like the lantern lighting the path and much like the The eight caves or the stars. Like like I was so excited about like just how I tied it together. Um, anyways, and similarly, I liked writing a creative type of love because of which is chapter four. Um, excuse me, because of all the stories, I think there's a lot of fun stories, and writing the principle of sharing was really fun. Um, mostly because I was writing about someone and something that's influenced me so much, and mm. it was kind of an honor to be honest. But those were fun to write. Next question. Favorite chapter the other one wrote? I really liked The Big Day 
and the patient pursuit, which I know we both wrote big sections in the patient pursuit, but that was fun. But I would say the big day, babe, you did a really good job kind of wrapping the whole book up. It was yeah. just like, that's, that was a which, big... Which also isn't really... So just going back to the This Is Us style and the format of the book, like, again, we've said this before, but we decided to structure the book into... We had like four... Um, we had the beginning, the breakup, the big question, the big day. These were like and anchor points. They were like anchor points in the story of like, here's where you're at in the timeline. But then in between those like short little mini chapters, there's like three to four chapters in between each one. So the beginning... And the big day weren't really chapters, but Jeremy wrote the beginning. I wrote the big day. And those are just really fun because they're very story driven. Yes, I did draw all those graphics on each one of those. And yes, Jeremy drove the graphics. He always wants to make that clear. Um, I loved Jeremy's. So, and then also each chapter was 75% one of us, 25% the other. So, like, one of us wrote majority of every chapter, and then one of us had like their take on it in the chapter, except for like, Protect Your Love was yeah. just Jeremy at the end. Yeah, um, I love Jeremy's principle of sharing. And that's honestly one of my favorite chapters in the book too. Yeah. So I thought that one was really good. Are the shoes you threw on the wire under the trestle still there? Yes. They are indeed. And it's been how many years Eight now? Eight years? No. 10 years? Mm, no, seven years. 2011 to now. So eight years, eight, eight years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, eight years, and they're still there. Are Kelsey and Mitch still together, and are you guys still friends? Yes, Kelsey yes. and Mitch are still together. They actually got married when we were dating, yep. and Jeremy and I got to walk each other down the aisle, which was fun because we were fun. both in the wedding. Um, still friends with us. They live really close by, yeah, too. a couple so. miles away. How do you overcome the lies from the enemy that your love story isn't enough? Babe, do you want to speak to this? So I think this one... Um, First of all, like everyone has their own unique one of a kind love story. And that's something that we are hoping to inspire through this book um, to to inspire people to not try to live someone else's story, because that's just going to rob you of the joy that God wants to offer you through your own. Um, but also just ask yourself why you feel like your love story is enough. Like, why are you feeling that way? Is it because of social media? Because if so, then maybe there's people that you need to unfollow. Is it because of a movie or TV show that falsely portrays love? Because maybe then that's a show that you need to stop watching. I think it's just like thinking about what is the, what are the trigger points that's causing you to b- believe or think those lies. Yeah, that's good. Next question. Is there a part of your love story you wish you could rewrite? Um, I think a lot I think everyone has something that maybe didn't go according to planned. Uh, in hindsight. And we do talk about hours in the book. Um, We literally say like, everyone has a part of their story they wish they could rewrite. Yeah. And I think when we come up on something that we want to rewrite, it's usually a result of being stubborn or resistant to the tug of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, it's when we resist the Lord that we end up feeling regretful or making, you know, regrets. Um, that being said, you know, we can and do make honest, ignorant mistakes. And I think that's something I did, you know, I, it was just totally ignorance. Um, and so this is the, my relationship with Kate, obviously. And I think that whole process was, I was just super ignorant and didn't know. And you know, you kind of got some things you got to, most things you learn through experience and some things you learn the hard way. Um, and so, you know, I, looking back, I wish I would have heeded the advice of 
older and wiser people that were telling me, hey, this is a, a bad idea, but I, you know, resisted that. And I think that was the Holy Spirit trying to tug on my heart and trying to like let me know a warning signs ahead. He's like, hey, I sent a ton of people to warn you and you were waiting for me. You know, it's like that classic thing, like, no, the Lord will save me. And you say, no, like the Lord's going to save me and the boat sails away. And then you end up sinking. And then when you ask the Lord why, he says, I sent a ton of people, but you were waiting for for me. <laughs> and it's like, I think the Lord did send those people, but I was resistant. And now I'm rambling. But yeah, I would say I wish I would have just heeded the advice of people that have been there and were in my position before. Um, so that, because that was probably a really, that was probably the most tough time mm-hmm. in our relationship. And uh, so, yeah, there's that. Next question. Did Dude. you have any stories that didn't make the final cut into the book? Mm, a lot. So, yes. Like hundreds, probably. So many. Um, and there are some that were kind of bummed that we can tell. We'll tell just a few, just for fun here. Yeah. Um, I think that, so going through the train tunnel, we were going to tell this story in the book. Yeah, we actually wrote this story out, but... But we were like, we can't talk about that because we'll get in trouble. Well, there was a lot of things that we did. You know, I grew up on a farm. We're in the country. We live a little different lifestyle than most people out here. Um, And we're not like deep in like country, but like, you know, we're out here. And there are some things that just probably wouldn't go over very well. And one of the stories was, yeah. This This was maybe like, you know, time number four, hanging out with Jeremy. But, like literally very beginning, years before we started dating. But these are, yeah. And we, we, we I should have And the these farm. were pivotal moments in our This was a pivotal our, moment. Like I remember journaling, I, ha- I like have the journal entry from this night and it's hilarious to reread. But like, yeah. I remember going, I showed up at Jeremy's house and I actually brought two of my friends. Kelsey came mm-hmm. and Lindsay came. A I think your, Sam came. A few of your friends came, yeah. And them just thinking like, we're going to roll off arms for a campfire. And- Really, we decided to like randomly. Someone suggested let's go through the train tunnel, and my friends were like, what? "Probably us, yeah." And we all of a sudden, next thing you know, everyone's in the back of this pickup truck, like ten people. We go to this train tunnel, and I remember this was one of the moments about the whole night that was like so just like crazy for me because we start walking towards the um, tunnel, and Zach drops us off, and we all start walking. Jeremy is like leading the way, and he has like a real lantern and like a kerosene we're lantern. all kind of like huddled down towards the ground because there's a surveillance camera and we're like trying to walk around it. yeah it's a and i'm thinking like we're gonna get in trouble and jeremy and all his friends are like so used to just like this kind of stuff it's like yeah what it they was live a, for it was a whole thing but Anyways, it was just one of those tunnel. stories that you know was very pivotal for audrey in our relationship i've never done anything but it like that in my life i'm like it didn't die. make the cut just because of <laughs> obvious reasons. We um, made it. We're still alive. <laughs> there's another, a couple other fun stories that didn't make it was, um, the letter. Okay. We have to talk about this. Yeah. So this is a fun one. Yes. So the letter, the first letter in the book, uh, was kind of our first like serious. It, it was our first intentional marked, letter. That it was we're our like, first we're intentional letter, but it wasn't letters. actually the very, very, very first letter. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. A okay. couple Years earlier, Audrey, when, we were, just when we were just friends, we had actually like just met. And Audrey this was like a went, couple nights after the train tunnel. Audrey, a couple nights after the train tunnel, Audrey went off to summer staff to work at a camp and I ended up writing her a letter and it was this whole thing. And uh, yeah. I'm working at this Young Life camp in Minnesota. Jared writes me this letter 
And there's a there's an actual poem in the letter too. Yeah. And again, we're like just friend zone. And I was and like, should I send this poem? Am I was I kind of like just it was so crazy that he found my address and that he wrote me. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, it was intentional. Yeah. And you like went to Haiti. Were, were you in Haiti? I was in we I just got back from Haiti. I remember yeah. you writing about like the World Cup and like oh, all this yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, all the things. So that's one story that just didn't make sense anywhere. Um, it's just funny though that that was like that was like almost it was just forecasting like yeah, it was just like a little. Here's a funny one. Here's a really funny one. We finished the book and we were rereading it, and I remember looking up and I go, or we, you know, we realized, babe, our first kiss isn't in here anywhere. Yeah. And so we went back to our editor and we're like, oh my goodness, like, what do you think? Where should we put it? And so we found a good spot for it and then we wrote it and inserted it. You can kind of tell we did that because we even say like, I even say like, it's in my section, but then I needed Jared, Jared to tell it. Jared's so going like, to tell the story Jared's real quick. Jared's going to tell the story real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's just like a quick little blurb. That was Anyways, funny. lots um, of fun stories. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. But those so, are a couple. Next question. What was the hardest part about writing a book together? I would say not getting too far ahead or behind each other because we really wanted the book to flow well and be written well. And we also wanted to get feedback from each other about our sections when we were writing. So we couldn't get too far ahead. So we had to like finish the chapter before we moved on, which is tricky because like we said before, one of us was writing 75% of a chapter and one was writing 25% of that same chapter. So I would start so one of us the next chapter. Faster. Yeah, but then like we had to kind of stay tethered to to each other. It was like very much a we couldn't like just work on our own. Like it was like we had yeah. to be working at the same time. And speaking of which, another really difficult thing was um, in the editing process, we couldn't work on it together because we would save over each other's work, and that was that yeah. was probably the most fr- frustrating and frustrating thing. And I haven't used because we like needed each other. All the publishing companies and houses they all use Microsoft Word, and I haven't used Microsoft Word. We wrote I the whole know. book in Google it, Docs, literally and then we switched to Microsoft in like, Word in like ten years or something. I haven't used Microsoft Word. I just do use um, Pages or Google Docs, and then I convert it to whatever I need. Yeah. So learning that was very tough together, specifically. Um, yeah, also so that, just, was, that was probably the hardest part. Um, also, the, just mostly we needed, to, besides that time, the editing time, mostly we need to be working at the same time, like in the big bulk of it, in the writing time, and the marketing decisions, yeah. even in like design, all that. And so it was just hard to like, you know, we had to be find babysitters because we both had to be working together. So one of us couldn't be watching Ember or we had to work late at night. Yeah, I will say mapping so. it was really hard for me, just the way my brain yeah. works. And that's a good big old shout out to Audrey. She is really good at that. And she did some major surgery on the book. Um, so that was that was really difficult for me, but good for Audrey. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest chapter to write? Hardest chapter to write? Probably purity chapter and code of conflict chapter because they were obviously the most vulnerable, which is funny because purity chapter is called losing the purity battle. They've been the most like impactful. And I think that says a lot about, you know, what we tried to do with the book. Yes. I would totally agree with that, babe. Did you have to change something in the book? Your editor asked you to, but you didn't want to. Did you edit something out that you wish you kept in? Actually, no, not really. not really. Our editor was amazing and we never and like we never felt pushed by our editor or the publisher to like 
take yeah. things out or put things in. We spent a lot of time praying for what we should keep and what we should change or take out in the editing process, though. And we truly believe that what's in the book is what God wants us to have in it. And yeah, what's not in sure. it, he didn't want us to have in it. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, we don't. Was it difficult to publish your mistakes when it came to purity? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again. A lot we- of these are kind of in the same vein. And a, th- a thread in a lot of the questions, people just seem to be blown away by the vulnerability I guess that we had or just how difficult it can be to, I want to say, be like real. Yeah. And, you know, we struggle with that. We have the same, we have the same, ten- yeah, we're humans, just we're like, humans. like we have the same tendencies to want to hide certain things. And mm-hmm. I will say like we did protect ourselves, but like at the same time we tried to share what was, what needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was difficult because it, it was obviously, uh, you know, it's a struggle. Um, but mm-hmm. Again, that's what I think the world needs more of. How did you find your community as a married couple? You have to be proactive. Yeah. I would say it just it doesn't fall into your lap most of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might, sure, but like most of the time it doesn't fall into your lap and it will often community will often be the result of the effort you put into it. Mm-hmm. So something we always say is if you need a good friend, you have to be a good friend. Mm. In other words, like we get out what we put in. It's kind of like, you know, people all the time say like, well, where are all the good guys at or good girls at? And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, are you a good guy or girl? Like, are you the same quality? Are you living the same qualities of a person that you want to find in someone else? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of same with community. Like if you want good community, you got to be good community. And I think those efforts will bring it about. And good community takes time. I think it's also kind of like, It's like dating. You need to be a patient pursuer. You know, like it's it takes patience and so. Yeah. Next question. Did your parents approve of one another right away or did it take some time? So I would say my mom thought Jeremy was really endearing and a little bit quirky. Yeah. He was obviously like very different from the other guys I dated. For sure. Um, that were just maybe more quote unquote normal. Jeremy dressed very different, what? like skinny jeans. He always came to the door like barefoot this is half the time. Skinny jeans, by the way. And Jeremy would like in conversations with my family, he didn't know a lot of mainstream just like things. <laughs> I think there's Yeah, some like you guys were listening to someone like, like called Chris Brown or something and I was like Yeah. Uh, well also who's Jeremy that? didn't know who Phil Knight was. He didn't know what a chicken bento was. My parents still make fun of him for those I two things to this day. I don't know what a chicken bento is. Um my dad was probably a little bit more skeptical, skeptical, but my dad was never really involved too much with the guys that I dated. Like he was not the intimidating, overprotective type when it came to boys. I don't think he knew a lot of the times that I was dating. Like he just wasn't paying attention to that aspect of my life as much. Um, but he did not, however, like that I was staying out till two in the morning some nights. And that's mostly because he didn't think it was good for my health or training yeah. because yeah. I was, I was a distraction. I was like a distraction to running for my dad. And my dad did not like that. Um, and my dad also, this is a funny story real quick, did not like that Jeremy would ride his bike to my house and then we'd hang out. And then I'd ride my bike And home. then Jeremy would run ride his bike home in the dark. And my dad was like, no, no. 
I'm going to drive you. Put you the bike that. in That's the car. Dangerous. No, Mr. Bodie, it's to- nope. Like, the bike's already I in the car. I can't tell you get how many times like my dad literally loaded the bike yeah. when Jeremy I'd like was go out to get my bike and I'd see like the wind, the handlebar sticking out of the window. And my dad would drive him home okay, because yeah. he did it. Anyways. So, and on my end, they thought Audrey was a quote very nice girl. My mom said in the kitchen if you read that chapter, and my dad enjoyed Audrey's spunk and yeah, I think they liked Audrey. Favorite part of the book writing process from the proposal to now? I mean, I think we can both say confidently the response has That's been huge. huge. For me, reading the final hardback copy, I've actually read the book several times since it's come out myself, just to kind of stay fresh, know where the stories are, be able to talk to people about it. Um, and then obviously getting rewarded for all our hard work with a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and just like, yeah, all just immensely awarded, rewarded for our work in so many ways. There's just been like very life-giving. But Part- I'd say for me, one of the most significant moments in the process was when I read through, when we read through the finished manuscript for the first time. Um, so like, Unbound, kind of like Jared reading like through the hard copy, together. but like yeah. we went on a date night to Rock Creek Tavern and flipped through the pages, we had some yeah. old fashions and we literally read the entire book that night. And that it was just so cool to get to see how it came together. Like it was yeah. the first time we really were like, wow, this is a good like, book. Wow, I think we built this, how like did we, we do made this? this. Oh, that's the question everyone always asks. Like, did you have help writing it? 100% no. Nope. We wrote Every word. Written everywhere. I mean, obviously, we have an editor that helps with, with, with helps us with grammar, we wrote it. stuff, we wrote and whatnot. But we wrote the book, which is work. which is so <laughs> cool to be able to say. Yes. Um, Hardest part. Yeah. From the kind proposal of part, to now, part B of that last question. I think for me, figuring out how we're going to map the book, that just the way that we would write it, the unique structure of it, that was really hard. That took a lot of thought. Um, also for me being away from Ember on book tour, that was really hard for me. Writing is just hard. Um, you know, I got writer's block a couple of times and I think like when you, when you just don't feel like you have anything to say, but you have to keep writing that can get very frustrating. And Mm -hmm. that was probably the hardest part for me. How have you guys grown together through this chapter of book writing? Uh, I think every time you anyone does anything new, it grows you. Mm-hmm. So yes, we grew a lot. We learned a lot um, about business, about the marketplace of publishing. Mm-hmm. We learned about our self-publishing stuff, you know, with context of the traditional. Like we learned so much, you know, in all those areas. We also learned about each other and work habits and because we we're doing it's kind of the principle of sharing. Like we we're doing the whole thing together. Yeah, and learning so much about something together and that was really cool yeah it was really cool being able to do such a big project like together and Mm -hmm. actually work on it together and then now see it in the world together and Mm -hmm. have know that the response is mutually um you know aimed and so that kind of goes off the next question which is one way the book brought you closer together and i would just say I would say kind of that, like, you know, getting to do something like writing a book together, experiencing all the highs and lows of the process together, them being shared experiences and then reliving our love story together and reminiscing was just fun. We always say everyone should do it. Yeah. Everyone should write their story, whether you publish it or not. And like Audrey mentioned, 
as far as the principle of sharing goes, like we shared this whole process. And so mm-hmm. it's been really fun. Yeah. Next question. Which idea in the book is the hardest to live out? Why and how do you do it? Probably purity. And I think a big part of this is, you know, it's the world we live in is completely obsessed with sexuality right now. Our sexuality and purity and all of that is literally who we are. It defines us and it's extremely hard to escape. Um, It's in all of our feeds, all of our advertisements, all of our marketing, all the time. And it's in our pockets all the time. And so, um, you know, as a Christian, as a believer, we are more inundated and more attacked and in this battle heavier than we ever have been mm-hmm. by astronomical amounts yeah. in history. And that is a, it's a hard battle to, I think, keep up. Now, all this to be said, we're also just as f- the reality of how free we are, how, uh, how broken our chains are how Jesus came in and completely redeemed everything. Like all of that is still just as true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, uh, yeah, purity is, it's just a hard thing to, to um, I guess, master, I should say. Yeah. And so that's been difficult. How we do it, we try to stay honest, continually honest and open with one, with one another. Um, you know, we're good at it, you know, but we mess up at it. And so I think we're everywhere in between, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, uh, but I want to make it very clear. Like the Lord is very clear with, with what he has done. And so I think, it, you know, the more we live into that, the better off we'll be. Mm-hmm. And then obviously brothers and sisters around us that help us with the battle. Yes. Um, but it's not getting any easier. Hey, I want to take a quick second to tell you how you can download a Love Letter Life audiobook for free. But first, a quick backstory. So a couple weeks ago, we ran a poll on my Instagram and we asked people, hey, if you follow us on the podcast, Beating 50, all the socials, and you still haven't read our book, we are curious why. And the number one thing that kept popping up over and over again was finances. And although we wish we could buy this book for everyone, that's obviously not possible. And we've done quite a few giveaways, but those can only go so far. So I embarked on a personal hunt to try to find more ways to get this book to people more affordably. One of those ways I stumbled upon was Audible. So we partnered with them, and now we have a custom code for you guys to download your first audiobook for free. So if you go to audibletrial.com backslash rolloff and sign up for an account, you get your first 30 days for free, access to 180,000 other books, and you get your first download for free as well. And we hope you make that a love letter life. So boom, there we have it. Get a Love Letter Life audiobook for free. No strings attached. Cancel anytime. And yeah, we hope uh, hope this is useful. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash rolloff. And there we have it. All right, let's get back to the episode. I would say just real quick, for me, one of the hardest things has just been creative, like in this specific season, just creatively loving each other right now. I think that was like really fun and exciting and more easy maybe when we were dating and in early marriage and like creating those rhythms and things. I think lately it's been, we've been working a lot, 
you know, we have a daughter now. There's just a lot of things going on. We've been running at a fast pace for a while. And so I think just having the brain space to think of a creative and spontaneous way to love each other has yeah. been harder than it ever has been. Yeah, I would agree with <laughs> so, that. So um, I would just Which is be honest kind about of a that. bummer. <laughs> and, you know, we're trying to adjust some things even right now to yeah. kind of realign ourselves with the lifestyle that we want to live and represent. What was the most frustrating thing that you came across in the whole process? So I would say, you say yours or I want to say mine first. Uh, you can, you say yours, babe, because okay. that's a bummer. Mine, this is just to this day. A lot of people don't know this. Either. Ugh, I'm so frustrated. Because so, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think we're allowed to say this, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Target bought our book and then we were really excited to. about that. And they were supposed to like, we were supposed to do this video and like all these things for Target. It's just really cool, exciting thing. And then like a few days before our book came out, we re- heard that Target backed out yeah. and decided not to buy our book. And, and we s- were just really confused by that. Anyways, we were really frustrated. Obviously, it's a huge distribution channel. Obviously, like it's a female Target. Cool. Like It's and, just a fun thing to be in Target. And a lot of our audience loves Target, same as us. So it just we like didn't make sense. It all makes perfect. It Well, it's the problem. It makes so much sense, which is why them not wanting it doesn't make sense. And we just had to be like, that's the thing. Like, for us, that was just the thing that like, you know, we had so many wins in this process and we did not Which have that sense. win and I mean, it's okay. And I'm but, okay with it, but it was just, it was kind of frustrating and it's still kind of frustrating because we, we still are working hard on courting them, I guess you could say. <laughs> and we like Target. I mean, we do. So it'd be cool to walk in and see our book there. So if but, you work at Target, just, you know, just yeah, drop a little let note. Let your manager know. <laughs> um, for me, probably design and getting what you want done aesthetically is always tricky. You know, we work in, you know, both worlds, traditionally publishing and self-publishing, but a lot of what we do is like an all internal. Um, And we're going to start talking a little bit more about this on the podcast, like what we do, how we do it, working together, business, couples that work together, how that process looks, the tools available. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that, it's all coming. Um, But we work really hard here at the Roloff Co., I guess. And, um, but it's since it's such a small team, we can kind of do what we want when we want, I guess. And so when you are working with a bigger company, we love, love, love Zondervan and everything, but there's just a lot, a little more hoops to jump through. And so, like, yes. I would want something to look some way. And it was just kind of a pro, it was just, it's a process to get, yeah, design is to a get process. design done. Yeah. And so, that can get frustrating. And we just are picky about design. And I'm a one wing. And so my OCD perfectionism <laughs> can come out and I have to tame it sometimes. But Jeremy, did you ever think of breaking up with Audrey because of her walls being so hard to break? Yes, I did. In fact, I had several friends telling me, Jer, it's about time. Let go and move on. <laughs> um. And yeah, that's my answer to that. There were times I thought about it because it, it did drag on. And then we were dating and like a year and a half into dating, she still hadn't told me like she loved me. And I'm like, what more could you possibly need or want? Mm. And the question was, there was nothing more. This was a battle she had to fight inside herself. And if you read the book, the Lord showed up in a big way, but you'll have to read the book to find out how. Um what happened with your stomach issues, Audrey? So 
I kind of talk about this in the book a little bit. Again, I'm not going to get too much into it here. Um, never really shared about this like too much anywhere, but it's always something I consider talking about more about. I know a lot of people have asked about it. Um, honestly, the Lord healed me and I had a long journey of trying many different things, many different diets, many different supplements, seeing many different kinds of yeah. Western medicine, Eastern medicine. And I think a lot of it was stress induced. Um, and I think that falling in love actually helped a lot. And I Boom. talk about that and going to Carista, Costa Rica was a very significant turning point in that health journey for me. Um, yeah, it was. And from then on out, it was just kind of gradual. I had like very limited diet and started gradually adding things back slowly and not having problems. And um, to this day, like right now, I am totally healthy and healed from that. And ultimately, I think the Lord just had some things he wanted to teach me and humble me in and grow me in compassion. And I think that was one of the hardest seasons of my life. But I learned probably the most in that season. So yeah. anyways, I am good and healthy now. Praise and I can Lord. eat pancakes. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Non-cardboard pancakes. Did people ever ask why you weren't dating in the two years that you were getting to know each other? And they're talking about the what some would call friend zoned, I called patient pursuit. And this we talk about all in the beginning of the book. Um, but yes, people would ask us, and it actually became kind of a joke among our friends because everyone knew we were totally in love or at least falling in love, but wouldn't date for some reason. And so we knew why because there was that dance, that beautiful excitement of discovery, as mm -hmm. we call it in the book. Um, and, in, and some things take time. And this is where we were not going to compare our story and our journey with someone else's mm -hmm. um, because we would have ruined it if we rushed it. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, people totally joked and asked. It's kind of a funny thing, but. Has running continued to be a part of your love story? Have you done races together as a couple? So yes, we actually ran together a lot in the first few years of my mar our marriage. We trained for a half marathon together and ran it together in Eugene. Yeah. A couple years into our marriage with some friends of ours, which was really fun. Um, lately, haven't no. lately. Yeah, and it's I taken really kind miss of a backseat, but a we lot. miss it. And we'll jump it's been harder to run together now that we have a daughter yeah. uh, because we can't just like leave <laughs> as easily as we could before. Like before we would just like wake up early in the morning, and go for a run or after working for the day, we just go for a run. It was just, we had so much more flexibility and we would run like nine to 12 miles, you know, yeah. before pumpkin season in October. <laughs> like, remember that? It was yeah, crazy. That's crazy to think that um, we had that. <laughs> we did that. It's yeah. insane. Anyways, um, so love yes. running. My dream is to someday do like us to host a half marathon Yeah, we were, called the always more half marathon where everybody gets like mm -hmm. free, always more tattoos on their bodies, like semi-permanent. And it's like, everyone gets always more tank tops yeah. for the race. And, and you it's like, just, like, we run and like the proceeds go to something. Yeah. Like that's a dream. It, Anyways, someday maybe. I love this next question. How did Jeremy come up with all his car names? And someone also asked, Archie, did you have names for your cars? Well, I only had one car ever and <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not um, really. I like to say they name themselves and anyone with oh, old. Oh yeah, they just tell you? They do, they they do. In the same way they choose you. Okay. And anyone that knows old cars knows what I'm, or has old cars knows what I'm talking about. Just. Because you'll see a bunch. You'll oh, go so, to, so random. No, it's not. You'll Why? go to a ton. Of, Why is it Let me that? tell you in a second. Hold up. 
you'll go on a ton of Craigslist deals <clears throat> and then you'll just sit in one and it'll just say, yeah. And you're going to go. Okay. 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 Get to the question. Okay. Answer. It's just, yes, this is it. This is it. Um, and then uh, the names no. choose themselves. Oh yeah. So How like, did, for me, why like, okay, rain, the FJ40. That makes more sense. The Land Cruiser is rain because A, it's blue and B, I drove it home in torrential downpour rain. And I just thought, this thing's rain. This is rain. Oso. The paint is called Oso Orange. And I used okay. to call it That's Oso right. I Beautiful. I used to call the car beautiful. And so Oso I is the 1971 BMW 2002. The Fox, I call the Fox because it jets around zippy like a fox and you can park anywhere. And it just reminds me of a fox and it's orange. It's orange. Yeah. And it has a black stripe along it, just like a foxtail. Uh, the Hound is the... KLR, well, that's actually not in the book. The KLR 650s. That's not in the book. Bertha. Oh, Bertha is um, my first (laughs) car. And so it birthed my driving journey. And it's just a- (laughs) Why Bertha though? It's a funny name. And it's like what people call big boats. Like kind of like that big chunky, like, oh, like that fishing boats, Bertha, you know, Bertha. That's (laughs) that's the 69. Okay, Blue Moon. Oh, Blue Moon, um, because our fate, we used to always have, it's blue and- that's the year I discovered Blue Moon beer. And when I was in Santa Barbara, we'd always get Blue Moon and go down to the beach and drink Blue Moon beer. And so we called it, hey, let's grab a Blue Moon and Blue Moon and go hang at the beach. And so that just made sense. And it it just, the car said yes. like, And it made sense. It felt right. Someday you'll name a car after me. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Hey, we're thinking about getting another bus. Because the bus, the Blue Moon's the only the one I hold. So um, we're thinking about getting another bus, but. Okay. What oil? I should do a podcast talking about all my cars. Okay. Just because I get a ton of questions on them. Mm-hmm. And if there are, you know, dudes interested, I'm sure there are women interested as well. Oh, but yes. It would, They're really interested. And I love talking about them because it's a passion of mine. But okay, Audrey, what oils are in your roller to mimic the flowers Jer sent you in his letter? So the flowers that he sent me in the letter were night jasmines, and I used jasmine essential oil mixed with sensation carrier oil, which is a young living carrier oil. It smells like a dream. Yeah. Now that you have ember, how do you practice the principle of sharing? Does it look different? Um, no, same principle, same concept. But yes, it looks a little different, I guess, because just circumstances have changed. So instead of like, for example, earlier, instead of going on a nine mile run, we'll go for a walk around the block before Ember has to go to bed. Mm -hmm. But it's the same concept, same principle. You just find different ways to apply it in different circumstances of life. So Mm -hmm. what was Audrey's perspective on your first date? So we don't really tell this in the book because Jeremy tells that story. Um, but like, honestly, we had very similar perspectives of the date in the sense that like, I was very intrigued. I'd never met anyone like Jeremy before and I wanted to know more. And he was super interesting. He caught me off guard. And I remember that night thinking like, this guy is just, he's just so different from anyone I've met before. I didn't know there were guys out there like this. And I want to hang out with him. He just seemed like a really fun person to be friends with. We had just a very natural flow of conversation and we're both like, we both realized pretty quickly that like we were quirky 
kind of is how we use it in the book. And like our friends both kind of deemed us to be that. And we realized that more as we spent time with each other's friends that like we were both kind of the friend in the group that everyone thought was a little crazy or like whatever. And so we also hyped, we both hyped each other's friends group up. Like I yeah. hyped, I was, Mueller and I hyped ours, you hyped yours. Yeah. And so we had Maybe kind of that. kind of we a were, thing. Yeah. Anyways, um, really intrigued, wanted to know more, never met anyone like him. So. What is your favorite thing, Jeremy, Audrey, what is your favorite thing Jeremy liked that was introduced to you through the principle of sharing and vice versa? So my favorite thing was honestly camping. I didn't grow up camping really. And I, like Jeremy and I camped so much when we first got married and- we wish we could more lately, yeah. but I love camping and really grew to love that from Jeremy. Also, like sailing and being on a boat, we took this trip to the British Virgin Islands, well, which is I, to date my favorite vacation yeah. ever. And Jeremy loves sailing, and now that's a desire has been on we both have many trips. We always say that's one of our favorite trips, and we want to go back. Also, I don't say this now, but motorcycle riding. I did not think I would ever like that or do that, but yet a year of my life in LA, we rode on the Fox everywhere, which to this day, I cannot believe we did. Um, And a severe mercy. There's so many things. Yeah. Like obviously. For for me, some quick ones, bend. I had never really gone to bend. Bend to bend. And then bend to bend. And then we moved. So that was awesome. Uh, Working out, I think in general, I was always, always been just kind of an athletic kid growing up on the farm, you know, you grow up bucking hay and doing random stuff, digging holes. And so I was always kind of in shape, but Audrey really like kind of got me into like actually caring about it. Skiing was a big one. You were a snowboarder. Yeah. Games, you know, we talk about that in the book, but yeah. Okay. When did you come up with the idea to write the book and when did you actually begin? So Jer, if you read the book in the beginning, Jer came up with the idea in our first letter. Cause if you remember back, he said, he jokes about someday putting our stories together into a book or a screenplay. He literally says that jokingly, but we pretty much had the idea when we were dating, but then it became more of a reality when we got married. Like we always thought we'd put our stories together more for us. Like we always yeah. thought we'd do it more for us. And then it became more of a reality of like, Oh, maybe we could like do this and share it. And so we started the writing process like the mapping process, like we talked about in the spring of 2017, when I was just a few months pregnant with Ember. And then we finished our proposal, like the pitch of our books, um, because we have pitched multiple books. And we finished that that summer. And then we met with publishers early that fall, which was like, it was like weeks before I delivered Ember. We like signed our contract and met with publishers. And then then we kind of had like a break period because newborn baby. And then we started writing the book when Ember was three months old and finished the first draft when she was six months old. And then we had about like six months of editing on and off after that of basically like rewriting the book. And then the final manuscript was done that fall. And then from the winter of 2018 until the spring of 2019 was all the design, all the marketing, all the just big decisions about like, a bunch of stuff and getting specific retailers things and like planning the book tour and all that. Um, and then obviously the book tour was this past April. So um, lot a long process <laughs> and a ton of work, but so fun, so rewarding. And like Jeremy and I have said before, like we're just so grateful that we got to do it together. Yes. Um, what time of day did you do the most writing? 
between the hours of 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. We've talked about this before. Again, During, we had a newborn, so that's yeah, when we had to do it. That's when, Aud- that's, when Aud- that's when Ember Jean was, you know, either napping or sleeping. Uh, what has been the response from your family and friends? Yeah, this is this is cool. This is, I'm glad that a few people asked this question because this means so much to us. Yeah, like, so much. When you work... Really, 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 really hard. Really hard. And then the people closest to you actually take the time to not just purchase the book and the resource in support of what you do, but they actually read it and engage with it and then let you know, like, hey, I thought it was really good. It means it means so a much. lot. And um it's been a phenomenal 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 response from the people that have done that if you're listening thank you like we just appreciate it even like it's been cool to hear from old friends that have reached out and said like and you can tell about your book and it's like a reconnecting thing you can tell when your friends are like actually excited or just like telling you hey good job on something and like we've had friends come up and like next thing you know we're still talking about the book like 20 30 an hour later because they're actually genuinely excited about it and they thought and they loved it. And so that's just so cool. So it's been great. Families love it. My mom hands went out to literally everyone she meets. Yeah, My dad <laughs> even posted about it. He thought it was fantastic. Same with my mom. So it's been, we're, we've honestly been humbled by the response and I, I mean, just praise the Lord. That's all I can say. Like it's where we were really blown away mm-hmm. um, by the response from our friends and family and you guys as well. But so cool. Um, I mean, our hope is kind of coming true. Like we hope this is a movement mm-hmm. and, it, and it changes the perspective and the way we do anyways. And wait, one thing I want to say on that, if you're listening and you have a friend that wrote a book or launched a business or like is doing something like that, that like is a big project that they've worked on for years, like support them, yeah. read the book. Like it means so much. You know what I mean? Even though like, I think a lot of times people can have this misconception that like, oh, Jeremy and I have like so many people supporting us online or following us or telling us things. It means so much coming from the people that you know and love. And so like, if you have a friend in that position, just, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Uh, If you, this was a good question. If you could add a chapter to the book about what you're going through right now, what would it be called? This one was really interesting. I thought about this one for a little bit. I said, we, we actually mention this in the book, I think the importance of unhindered time together when you're dating, courting, whatever. Yeah. Um, I would call, I had a couple options, unhindered or unhurried time or overwhelmed with over crossed out. <laughs> so just whelmed. And my mom made this joke one time that's like, can you ever just be whelmed? Like we always are overwhelmed, but like, yeah. what about just being whelmed? And it's interesting. Like, I think for me in my season of life right now, I just I want to be whelmed. Yeah. <laughs> so mine was uh, probably tailored. It, I wanted to do something, and it's because this is what I'm learning right now in life, um, and it'd be tailored a little more towards husbands, but leading with rhythms like leading with a cadence of rhythms and how to like establish those, implement them. Um, I think that's one of the greatest things I need to learn. And so mm-hmm. I thought it would be a really good, that'd just be really good. Cause a lot of people, men specifically need like practical advice on how to lead and good, healthy rhythms to implement so that they can lead. Cause leading is really hard, but if you systemize it, it, it can be easier 
And I think one way to systemize things is with rhythms, which again are consistent patterns of behavior that help us achieve or acquire the desired result. Mm -hmm. Um, Couple more questions. We're almost done. How did you decide what photos to put in the book? We have this whole photo section, and really, we just chose the photos that were available that went with the stories that were in the book. Like, so you know, like we told the story of the Christmas tree lighting. Well, we only really had one available photo for that, so that just. But they're like, there's a sto- there's a photo worked. of a Costa Rica. There's a photo from the day that I said I love you to Jared. There's a photo from our first date. There's and like a photo these are from the all day we walked like, the tracks and pushed the none envelope. None of these have really been Instagrammed. Like they're like, they're like old, old janky school photos jankies. like from our yeah, brick phones. There's a photo of us reading A Severe Mercy for the first time at the airport, our gingerbread house. Like there's Jared's first gift that he made me, our summer bucket list. So okay, anyways, babe, they're kind of self-explanatory. Last, last question. question. Do you want me to ask you yeah. or do you want to ask me? You ask me. Audrey and Jeremy. <laughs> Are you guys writing another book? Yes. Yes. We've said this before. Uh, we are right. We have a couple more books in the works, and that's because, as we said before, it's a very long process. But very long. Yeah, um, but it's so, fun, and we enjoy it. And um, yeah, always more books. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, but yeah, no, we love books. We love this process. It was a lot of work. We need a little bit of a break right now, but we are beginning the process of the yeah. next one. Yeah. So we're really excited. So so that's all the questions that we had. Um, or yeah, that's those are the questions that represented the mass of them. So I uh, hope there you guys got some insight there. Yeah, and this episode's getting a little long. So it is. So it we're going to jump off, but we wanted to recap. We're doing a giveaway, a big giveaway from the date that this podcast released, which is Tuesday, um, all the way till the end of the month. Uh, that's the duration of this giveaway. And the giveaway um, is you have to post a photo of a love letter life. You've got to tag. Um, to post photo of love letter life. Tag. And tell us like what oh, yeah. about the book Sorry. inspired me, you, challenged you. Post a photo of Love of Life and just if you know, share what you liked about the book. Basically, encourage others to engage with the book. Yes. Get the book. Read the book. Tag us. Tag us. Hashtag a Love Letter Life. Hashtag Love Letter Life. And do it before June thirtieth at midnight. And the winner gets the new and improved marriage journal and a free trip to Oregon to go on a double date. Or if you're single, that's fine. You can bring a friend, um, or to come by yourself. That's totally fine. And uh, we're going to go on a double date at one of our favorite places, which just so happens to be a, ho- a hotel as well. And you get to stay the night. And uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Epic. It's going to be epic. Summers in Oregon are the we're best. We're stoked. So that's all you got to do. And we're going to share this on our socials as well. But you, the podcast folks, get first access to to the info. So, so go do it. There we go. Appreciate you guys. Bonus entries if you share on Insta stories too. So, yes, I wanted to make that out. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode, guys. Thanks for supporting the book. Yeah. Um, really thanks for your it. really amazing questions. We hope And reviews. This- we read everyone. Yes. Um, and they're just so encouraging. So, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you for making this possible. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.